Welcome everybody to another episode of Entrepreneur Mind Speak. I'm Lauren with Creme de Mint, a branding and packaging design agency, and I'm here with my co-host, Natalie. Hi, I'm Natalie. I'm the founder of CloudCreate, a web design and development agency based in Tampa. And today we'd like to welcome Jeffrey Martin. Jeffrey, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. So tell us, tell us about your background. Tell us how you got into the beauty industry. <laughs> uh, uh, it's been kind of a long road for me. Uh, I originally went to school for architecture. Uh, right about the time I was graduating, kind of realized that that wasn't for me. Uh, I was able to get into marketing of architecture and, and kind of shift my uh, mindset toward marketing. Uh, after that, I had a small design consultancy for about 10 years. Uh, worked in healthcare marketing for a good amount of time. And uh, a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to become the marketing manager uh, at Federal Package, and I never looked back. And how? so how long in total have you been in the marketing space then? Uh, I'm at that point now where I consider myself mid-career, and I kind of try to underscore the number of years that I've been in the field, but uh, it's been about 20 to 25. Wow, that is awesome. So you've seen so many changes in the industry as well then. Right. Uh, you know, when I got into marketing, there was a lot of emphasis on print. Uh, now it's very much a digital space. Uh, so a lot of things have changed. Uh, being able to come up uh, and, and keep your eyes on what's working and what's not working uh, is always important. But the rise of social media and digital media has really kind of changed the landscape in marketing. So I guess we'll jump right into the first like question that we have for you, which is, so what is contract manufacturing for? Don't brands produce their own products? So how does that work in your company? In uh, yeah, uh, I work in skincare and personal care. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot of uh, lip balms. We do a lot of deodorants, things like that, a federal package. Uh, some brands, uh, some of the larger brands will produce their products in-house. Uh, about 60 to 80 percent of the skincare products on the market right now use a contract manufacturer like us. Uh, we have the equipment, we have the know-how, we have the experience uh, to, to do all these things. And that makes it easier for the brands to kind of outsource that component of their business and then let them focus on the sales and marketing of, uh, of the product that they're working on. Fascinating. That's a huge percentage. That so is. most of the products that people are seeing when they're buying them in the store, they're made by a company like yours and then packaged and marketed by that brand. Yeah. Contract manufacturing uh, is popular for a lot of smaller brands. A lot of big brands will produce in-house, but a lot of the smaller brands, uh, up to 60 to 80% uh, in the personal care space, will actually use a contract manufacturer like us. So in a lot of ways, it's easier for that brand uh, to focus on their sales and marketing while they outsource components like the formulation and filling for their product. Uh, that way they know that they're getting a consistent quality product every time. And what would you say are some of the trends that you're seeing in the beauty and skincare industry in the coming years? Uh, consumers these days are kind of at an inflection point. They are looking for a lot of science-backed, healthy, sustainable options in beauty. Uh, beauty buyers, beauty consumers are very savvy when it comes to the products that they use. Uh, they're looking for effective products, but they want to make sure that that goes beyond the marketing claims and that they're using a product that's not only good for them, but also good for the environment. In 2022, 
some new federal regulations were passed to uh, provide a little bit more modernization. Uh, the legislation is called the Modernization of Cosmetics Regulation Act, and that allows the FDA to provide greater oversight into the production of skincare and cosmetic products. What that does is that that provides a greater degree of transparency and clarity, provides a safer product in the end for consumers, uh, which ultimately this will be a great thing. This is the first regulation of its kind that's come onto the market since about 1938. So ultimately this will be a great thing for consumers in the end. Did that affect how you had to market things as well? Uh, it does a little bit. Uh, we're what's called a turnkey manufacturer. So we handle a lot of the components in-house. So formulation, filling, we also do in-house testing. So uh, that testing component uh, in the next couple of years is gonna be really key. Uh, in the success of our company and uh, the, the success of the brands that we work with. And ultimately, this is a good thing. This will create a safer product, a better product for consumers. Uh, and we're up for the challenge. I think a lot of contract manufacturers are. And do you have any tips for those brands who want to be in Sephora and Ulta, like those big stores? Uh, yeah, uh, my suggestion is always find good partners. As you begin to scale, uh, keeping an eye on where you expect you'll be in three to five years is a great idea. Finding partners that are in the branding space, that are in the packaging space, that are in contract manufacturing, even accounting and legal services uh, is a great way to help make sure that their values are aligned with yours and that they can actually help you scale. If you're looking to get into a Sephora or an Ulta or even a Target or a Walmart, you really need to be able to produce at a healthy scale. So finding those partners that can help you get there uh, is really key. No one does this alone. Uh, and finding those partners makes a huge difference. Federal Package, we're always willing to talk with, with brands, whether you're a small business that may not be ready for a contract manufacturer yet, we're happy to talk with you uh, and lend our expertise. And how do you see AI changing the beauty industry over the coming years? And changing also in changing the way federal package works as well. Yeah, federal package uh, is, is really primed for it. AI is helping customers learn a lot more about themselves right now. Uh, there's a lot of apps out there that provide a lot of insight into skincare and beauty products themselves. There's a lot in, in prestige and mass market and in independence that are trying to seek attention. We're at the point where uh, AI is providing highly tuned personalized recommendations. Uh, Ulta actually has a great app where you can personalize your preferences inside the app and actually try on product inside of the app digitally, virtually, uh, before you even go to a store. So uh, there's a lot on the consumer side. At Federal Package, we leverage AI in a little bit of different ways. Uh, we use that to, to help spot defects and inconsistencies in our production. Uh, we leverage what's called edge learning technology and a variety of other automated systems uh, to ensure that we're creating a high quality, consistent product time after time. So we wanna make sure that the product that we produced six months ago is exactly equivalent to what we're producing today. Yeah. AI is, is gonna be huge uh, in a lot of different ways and, and beauty and skincare is really on the cutting edge right now. And a lot of folks are embracing it. Uh, like I said, beauty consumers are very savvy, so they're jumping in right away. That sounds like your company is also trying to stay ahead of the curve, which is great. We are, uh, we're trying to stay not only ahead of the curve, but also uh, the, the brands that we work with 
are helping to push us forward as well. So uh, consumers push the brands, the brands push us. So uh, we're really excited to see what's going to happen in the next few years with AI technology. Thinking about like with the packaging industry, like we're witnessing um, emerging trends such as like interactive packaging and smart packaging. Have you noticed any of these trends with your clients? We do. Uh, a lot are leveraging RFIDs, a lot of QR codes. Uh, what this does is that it helps them extend their brand beyond just that initial experience. Uh, a lot are more are getting into the metaverse. Uh, I know that that's still kind of an obscure idea for a lot, a lot of folks, but uh, being able to really extend your beauty brand beyond just that consumer point of sale uh, is really important for a lot of brands. Yeah, absolutely. Um, have you seen anybody using any augmented reality type stuff? I haven't yet. Uh, I hear that it's out there. Uh, it's definitely coming. The Ulta instance that that I know of is pretty much as far as I've seen so far, but uh, I know that VR technology is really going to make its way into beauty very soon. Oh, yeah. It's amazing how much it's changing the e-commerce space. I had a, a jewelry e-commerce clients. They have an um, augmented reality thing that like tries on the jewelry for you and stuff like that. <laughs> so it's really like it's moving fast. <laughs> Far more affordable than buying it in person, I bet. Oh, yes. <laughs> so what about the trends in sustainability? Are you getting specific requests around zero waste initiative or using a circular ecosystem for plastics? We are. Uh, a lot of our consumers and a lot of the brands we work with are very concerned about sustainability. Uh, this comes inside the jar, outside the jar. They are, like I said, very savvy and really kind of on the cutting edge of what sustainability means. Uh, we're moving into a, an industry-wide feature where, where more natural, organic, vegan formulas are coming to the forefront and more and more demanding from their, their packaging providers we provide plastics that are uh, recyclable. We offer what's called our EcoSmart platform, which is actually a, a degradable plastic where uh, if it's thrown in a landfill, it will actually degrade within seven to wow. 10 years. Uh, we also use a lot of PCR, which is post-consumer recycled content, uh, and PIR, which is considered post-industrial recycled content within our plastics as well. So another big component of the industry is using refillable, reusable, uh, packaging. So uh, we're also looking at that. I love it. I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> it's so cool to hear how you're wording it as like the consumer is pushing the direction too. Because I feel like as a consumer, and I feel like maybe Lauren feels the same, you know, like, oh, you care about the environment, you do your recycling or whatever. But then you're like, is it really making a difference? Like, is anybody listening out there are things really change is the change big enough that it's actually going to affect anything um so to hear it coming from the other end is really cool like wow like the manufacturing is really changing it might be not immediate but it is changing right and and especially with products like skincare uh, a lot of times the price point is is such that it's really easy to change skincare companies skincare brands uh, if you find that your values aren't aligned with that brand. So uh, that's why brands are really trying to be on the cutting edge of, of a circular economy, uh, sustainability, environmental responsibility, uh, and, and providing leadership in that space. 
What about greenwashing? Brands have to be really transparent, making sure that they are sustainable because otherwise they could be accused of greenwashing. Right, right. We we talk about it a lot. Uh, that's why we try to offer as flexible uh, package as we can when it comes to containers for our brands. Uh, at the same time, when it comes to the formulations, we provide a variety of organic and vegan options for them. Uh, ultimately, this comes down to what the brand's values are. So yes, there's a lot of greenwashing, a lot of companies and a lot of brands have gotten caught up in the last few years. Uh, hopefully we are kind of in a post greenwashing uh, environment where people will be a little bit more honest about what they're providing. Uh, larger companies have actually scaled back their initiatives because they found that they just weren't meeting those goals. And as lofty as they were, they found that they needed to scale back in order to be more realistic and then use that as a benchmark to move forward. So uh, we understand greenwashing is huge in the industry right now. Uh, that's why we're trying to work with brands as much as we can to mimic their values, to, to share their values in, in finding sustainable options uh, and making sure that we have the products, the ingredients, the formulation, the capabilities to provide a, an environmentally friendly product that those brands really want. I think that's that's a very helpful um, for people to hear and understand that there is a difference and that you guys acknowledge there is a difference and that, you know, it can be done in a realistic way that actually helps things and affects things. Right. Uh, and, and we're trying every day to learn uh, what's new, what's innovative, what can save us time and energy and be productive and be sustainable. And there's a lot in manufacturing that can be done to do that. A lot to save on energy costs, a lot to save on shipping costs. It's a great learning environment. I mean, sustainability and environmental responsibility is, is kind of a new frontier that we're all going into together. So yeah. being able to provide options for the brands we work with is really important to us. At what point would a brand be ready to work with Federal Package? How, when should somebody come to you? We typically work with brands when they're at kind of a growth inflection point. Uh, they've usually had some success in the consumer space, and they're really at that point where now they're going to grow substantially, So, or they're looking to get into a bigger retail market. So uh, that's the time when brands typically reach out to us. Uh, but honestly, we work with a lot of big household brands, all the way down to emerging and indie brands. There's really no bad time to talk with a contract manufacturer like us. Uh, we're always willing to share our expertise and help bring companies along. But usually that point at which you're looking to kind of take your business to the next level is the best time to embrace a contract manufacturer. Do you have a certain um, MOQ, so certain minimum order quantity for those that are looking to work with you? We do have minimum order quantities. And, and a lot of contract manufacturers like us, it's kind of standard. Uh, we're usually somewhere in the neighborhood of 10,000 uh, units when we're talking about containers, uh, usually about 5,000 units when we're talking about contract filling uh, and decorating. So uh, when you look at uh, MOQs of 5,000 uh, to 10,000, that's actually relatively small. If you really are looking to get into a Walmart, uh, you're looking to get into Target or an Ulta, 5,000 will go fast. So 
Uh, usually, a lot of times in our initial discussions, those MOQs, that price point, you know, is kind of a uh, sticking point. But when you think about all the, the product that you will end up be selling, it really is kind of a drop in the bucket. Yeah, that makes sense. What are the quantities typically that Sephora and Ulta would be asking in an order? Would it be 10,000 for their initial order? We don't necessarily see a typical amount. A lot of times, uh, bigger outlets will do a pilot with you. So they'll put you in five to 10 different stores to see how your product will perform. Uh, and that point, you're easily looking at 10,000 units. Hitting that MOQs is usually really easy if you're looking to get into the bigger markets. Uh, a lot of times, even if you're direct to consumer or if you're online only and selling through Amazon, the situation's similar. You know, 10,000 can actually go pretty fast. So I know a lot of companies are, are hesitant to hold inventory, but at the same time, that inventory can really go fast. And do you got do you hold the inventory or do you have to ship it immediately to your clients to their warehouses? Like how do, how does that work? We'll typically ship uh, directly to clients uh, once the product is complete. Uh, that is is great for us and it's great for the consumer, the, the brand as well, because then they can go through uh, and kind of double check our work, do their own quality controls. Uh, so that way we've got more eyes on the product uh, before it actually hits store shelves. That gives them better control of where the product goes after they touch it. What do you get asked the most by your clients? The biggest question that we are getting right now is, can we add SPF to that? I think a lot more consumers, a lot more brands, they're getting savvy about uh, UV protection and the damage that the sun can do. Uh, and if you are creating a product like a lip balm or a lotion or a cream, and you're looking for a moisturizing effect, but you can also get a sun protection factor in there, that's, that's kind of a double whammy. So you're, you're really coming out ahead. Uh, you, you get a two for one at that point. So uh, a lot of Generation Z, a lot of millennials are very savvy when it comes to making sure that they're using SPF every day. Uh, and more and more products we're rolling out with SPF included in them. So uh, it's it's relatively easy to do, uh, especially for us as a larger contract manufacturer. Uh, but uh, you will see a lot more SPF in the products that you see on the shelves uh, very soon. That is wow. so good to hear. <laughs> yeah, I'm always looking for moisturizers that have SPF. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm also like a little bit hesitant as well because I want to make sure nothing that's toxic or anything like that. So I like the more mineral ones. Are you finding that the a lot of folks are looking for SPF products that are mineral-based? Yeah, uh, we'll be both chemical and mineral-based. Uh, a lot of times it's it's a personal preference. You know, usually men prefer a product that kind of disappears quickly on the skin. Uh, women, you know, a lot of times like to feel that, like to have that kind of silky feel for a while. The minerals work great. Chemical works great. Now the minimum seems to be SPF 30. I remember products that were SPF 5 and 10, uh, that just doesn't cut it these days. So uh, the greater the SPF factor, the better almost in a lot of ways. So uh, we can do that in a mineral uh, lotion. We can do that in a chemical lotion as well. So 
Is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you think would be helpful to new folks that are in the beauty space that are looking to launch products or are maybe emerging brands? My recommendation is, is if you feel like you get stuck, find a mentor, find a business that can help you out. Uh, don't sit there and, and wallow in uh, a failure or a setback. Uh, there's a lot of companies out there that want to see new products succeed, that want to see new innovation hit the market, hit the shelves. Uh, we're one of them. So at Federal Package, we love hearing about the new ideas that brands have, uh, the new ideas for for skincare, for men, women, pets. Uh, there's there's a lot of innovation out there. So we love to talk about it. Uh, sometimes, you know, if your brand is is just starting out, you know, we may not be the right fit, but we're, like I said, we're always willing to share our expertise and we want to see a lot of folks succeed. So there's a lot of room for innovation. There's a lot of room for, for contract manufacturers and brands to work together in this space. So the opportunities uh, are almost endless. So uh, reach out if you need help, uh, reach out to your contract manufacturer, reach out to Federal Package. We're always willing to help. And I, I heard you just say um, pet products, like what kind of pet products? One of the things that, that people like to do with their dogs is uh, to apply cream to dog snouts and dog and the pads of uh, the underside of dogs' uh, feet, because in the winter, that concrete is pretty cold. So, yeah. you know, if you can get a little, little bit more... Uh, a little bit more protection on the bottoms of dog feet. Doggy deodorant is going to be uh, coming onto market shelves very soon. So uh, wow. I, I don't know if you have a stinky dog out there, but <laughs> it's coming. So uh, again, that's kind of a new frontier, an innovative new product that we love to see. And I was just imagining dry shampoo could be good for dogs. I mean, I'm just imagining like, cause you always have to shampoo your dog and stuff cause they smell that. What if you had like a dry shampoo or is that similar to what the deodorant's going to be like? No, uh, exactly. Same thing. We should talk after this call and we'll get you signed up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That is a great idea. As a doodle owner, I would love to try it. <laughs> yeah. And, and more and more, you know, like, a, like you guys said, you know, especially for dogs, you know, in, in warm climates and cold climates, you know, they're, they're experiencing the same things that humans are. So uh, it makes sense that this is, this is going to become a, a growing part of the market. Uh, Natalie, do you have any other questions? I think, I think you really helped cover everything, Jeffrey. Hey, well, yeah. fantastic. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for uh, joining us today, Jeffrey. Uh, we really appreciate it. And how can people get in touch with you? Uh, you can find me at federalpackage.com. Uh, you can also find me at LinkedIn, uh, Jeffrey Martin in Minneapolis. Well, that wraps us up for another episode of Entrepreneur Minds Speak. Um, thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.